Hi, this is Alyssa McNamara-Reed, and I will be your host for the next two hours. Allow me to introduce myself. I am a certified financial planner practitioner and an investment advisor. I am co-owner of McNamara Financial Services, Inc. in Marshfield, Massachusetts. McNamara Financial is a federally registered investment advisor, and by my definition anyway, is a true family business. We work with clients like you every day, regular people that need help making sound financial decisions or people that want one less thing to worry about. I work with clients for a fee based on assets that I manage or an hourly or flat fee for creating financial plans. I am not compensated via commissions unless I have the pleasure of helping someone with their insurance needs. There are some things worth paying for and perhaps a lifetime of financial security is one of them. I of course cannot guarantee that working with me will ensure a secure financial future. McNamara on Money has been a call-in talk radio show since 1990. I love hearing from listeners and there truly are no dumb questions. In fact, I like the simple questions because everyone should have the answer to those. Just don't call me asking for the next hot investment or which market is going to outperform this year. Number one, that's not the nature of this show. And number two, I have no idea. Any advice I give to a caller is meant to be generic in nature and should be verified with his or her own financial professionals. You will hear about a variety of topics on this show that relate to investments and personal finance. We try to cover topics that people can relate to regardless of their net worth or financial situation. And of course, we try to keep it interesting. I would crunch numbers for two hours or spreadsheet cash flows because I'm a total math nerd, but that wouldn't much make for good radio. Instead, I choose to educate people on topics surrounding big financial events in life, like marriage and divorce, kids in college, death of a loved one, career changes, and of course, retirement. I once heard that it is a smart man that knows what he doesn't know. I'm sure it was my dad that said that, and I'm also sure that it applies to women. That is why I invite guests onto my show that have expertise in different areas also related to personal finance. I feel it's important to note that the opinions of these professionals are not necessarily the opinions of McNamara Financial or any of its advisors. As long as we are on the subject of disclosure, I should note that while we may discuss investments and or markets on this show that past performance is not indicative of future results. Thanks for tuning in. We're back. This is 95.9 FM WATD in Marshfield, Massachusetts, as we semi-natives say it. But really, <laughs> Marshfield, Massachusetts That's in it. my radio voice, right? That's it, Mike. <laughs> uh, anyway, folks, uh, I'm talking with attorney Jerry Murphy today about uh, estate planning issues, uh, wills, trust, all that other good fun stuff. Uh, this is a call-in talk radio show. We'd love to hear from you if you have a question on the subject. Our telephone number, 781 837-4900. So, Jerry, um, this is going to be hard, but I'm going to try to not ask you too many questions for the next 20 minutes. <laughs> I'm ready. I'm ready. We have, we have a lot more material than we have time, and I'm going to let you kind of prioritize this stuff and just kind of sit back. So go for it, okay? Well, I think we'll touch, you know, we'll go briefly on the uh, irrevocable trust because with caller Tom, when he called in, um, he, he touched upon it a little bit. Um, you know, one of the things about a trust, and I think you alluded to it earlier, that it's like a box. If you have, th- if you create a trust and you put nothing in it, then nothing's going to happen. And the number of people out there that have these trusts, uh, Tom is one of them. Um, you have an irrevocable trust and you put nothing in it, then you can expect nothing from it at, at a time when you need to. Um, you know, especially on the irrevocables. You need to fund that trust. You need to decide what you're going to put in it by way of assets or your home and in, in order to start that five-year clock period. And again, for those that don't know, um, money, in order to preserve this money and keep it away from the nursing home folks in the event there is that, um, it has to be out of your name for five years. 
day one starts when you put that money into that trust. And it's going to be for the following five years in order to protect it. Um, and again, tough pill to swallow. A lot of discussions. Typically not a one meeting kind of event. And one size definitely does not fit all. It's probably the worst discussion you can have with somebody. But I hate to have it um, when somebody will come in and, you know, they'll, we'll talk about it. go, well, I don't think so. You know why? Because I'm probably never going to go to the nursing home. Four years go by and I'll have the kids come up and say, well, my, my family was here four years ago. And we would, um, you know, I, I'd like to do that trust thing so we can do it and avoid the five-year thing. <laughs> when's, when's dad going to the nursing home? Well, he's going next week. Next week. Well, right? we're yeah. in trouble. Yeah. And, um, you know, there are certain things we can do by way of, and Mike, you get involved with this, annuities and whatnot. Uh, but that's late. And we try to just educate the best we can and hope that when they leave, I've done my job in giving as much information as is possible. Uh, Jerry, Jerry, real yep. quick. Uh, do you so. think they'll extend the five years out in the future? That's number one. And number two, uh, do you think at some point Massachusetts will say, the heck with this, we're not going to honor irrevocable trust? We're taking the money anyway? Oh. Yeah, that's that seems to be where they're headed. On the congressional floor, to answer your first question, uh, apparently it's looking at a 10-year look-back period. Whoa, that's it. Now, um, it, yeah. and it that's, a tough, that's a tough time because when I said my age is of 70 is the year mark, I've got to boost that now to... Um, 65 yeah. to get yeah. to the 75 mark because of the changes in, in health. Uh, people aren't even retired at 65. So to ask them to start locking their money up at 65 is is a burden. It's and really they're certainly not thinking about thing. it or worried not about it. Not at all. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And if you remember back in 2006 is when they boosted from the three-year look back to the five. They wanted 10 at that point. They agreed to five. I'm assuming that Congress will, in their infinite ways, will say, no, okay, we won't look at 10, but we do want 7. I'm, I'm thinking that they'll come to some kind of agreement like that. Okay. But the restrictive on the on the irrevocable trust is it's really what it's going to make is, okay, now we need to advise people to put money in their kids' names and, you know, bless yourself and hold it everything goes well. Um, yeah, the state doesn't have to honor an irrevocable trust, right? That's they do not have to. They, yeah. and they, they can kick them out, and they frequently do, based yeah. on the bad terminology. Uh, uh, you know, a lot of trusts out there still say, well, you can take the income from from the uh, trust, and that's no longer the case. Well, but also, if you have an irrevocable trust, I mean, the the, the state, even if it's a perfect one, can't the state can just say we're not going to honor, we're taking the money? Uh, they they, they got to they got to have a reason. They okay, got to find that that piece well, in the trust that that is suggestive in any way that for the benefit of that donor. And at any cost that they can say, well, if it's for the benefit of them, that means it's for the benefit of the nursing right. home. So if you've got a well-constructed, irrevocable trust, it's never going to get touched from the state. That's correct. And if they got do, it. if they do get rid of the mic, and you, you know, you're forced to say, well, I'm going to put the money all in my kids' names. There's another whole host of issues. Oh yeah. You've got children oh, yeah. that get divorced. Maybe they have some some issues, drugs, alcohol, whatever. Yep. Or in the case of somebody that is, they're they're sound, they're great people, but they've got three kids facing college. You, yeah. You're going to put the asset in their name, now take them out of the college financial game. Yeah, wow. The financial okay. aid is going to be impacted. So it's really a, a, a tough thing. Okay, thank you. No, I'm not sure it's good. It's just, <laughs> a, it, it gets every, you know, it changes constantly. And I, I read this stuff every night. And, you know, for me now, at this at 58, it's one thing when I, I don't know what it's going to be. When I hit 60 or 65, my granddaughter Madison, God knows when it's her turn, and she's 16 months old. Uh, you know, that this whole thing 
they're going to make it so um, you know you work to just pay back. Yeah, yeah, it's wow. a tough thing. Okay. Uh, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt too much. I just no, you're all right. Um, okay. You know, we did touch briefly, briefly on the realty trust and the needs and, and yep. the supplemental needs trust, how to protect that. Um, we we touched briefly on the five year look back period, and again, that's something that people really need to think about. They need to know that it's got to be out of your name. You have to technically be impoverished, meaning you have no money. When we set up the uh, irrevocable trust for my own mom before she passed, um, she would frequently say to me, or, you know, she'd call me Gerald when she wanted to be serious. She'd say, <laughs> Well, she wants to yell at well, you, right? Yeah, and that's the way it went down. Um, she'd go, Now, Gerald, um, I have no money and I'm broke, but that's a good thing, right? And I said, Yes, it is. <laughs> You're in good shape, Mom. And, and so we took good care of Lois, and she was yeah. fine. Yeah. Um, and, and that's the mentality you need to have. But people sometimes think, well, I gotta, I'm giving it away, and it's gone for good. No, you're, you're setting it aside for your children, for your grandchildren. That's the goal. And, um, you know, the five-year period is just that. And one of the things with the five-year look back in the trust, people think, well, I'm only going to put – I'm going to put, you know, create this irrevocable trust. I'm going to put $50,000 in there now. And probably in the next four years, I'm going to put, you know, an extra $400,000 in, for example. And then I'll be fine. And I'll have to remind them that when you put that $400,000 in, in four years, that that $400,000 also has to individually meet the five-year look back. You don't get to jump in and join in. It's got a separate clock in and of itself. So you need to be careful on, on that um, that explanation, and that's so, frequent. Yeah, yeah. So, so the again, maybe somebody just joined us in the last half an hour. So, in an irrevocable trust, mm-hmm. you would put mo- most people would put their home in there. Is that correct? Eventually, that's number one, the home is usually okay. that's the easiest decision, depending upon stairs and yeah. location and yard work and how yeah. much you want to you want to do. Yeah, and 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 I would say if for folks who do that, they're they're doing that for their children, basically. Correct. Correct. Yeah. Protecting okay. the legacy. Yeah, okay. Right. I mean, they might be doing it for a spouse, but in Massachusetts, that's, well, that's not a, a big issue, a, a bigger issue than not, I guess. So uh, so they're doing it for the children. So the, the only thing I would say, and, and I've had, I've met a few people, unfortunately, who put their home in an irrevocable trust a long time ago, you know, before they retired. Sure. And their retirement plans didn't go well, and they needed to spend some of their house to live, and they couldn't, sort of a thing. That's so, right. So, yeah, I mean, so, sometimes you can solve a legal problem and create a financial one, or a vice versa. Well, that's why I I think it's wise you have the three-team approach. You know, I think when you get into this, you know, I need you, you need me, and And we we, both should have a CPA. we got to find an accountant someplace, right? We need a a good guy. (laughs) Because to make one phone call to reach three people, all for your one benefit. Yeah, Um, yeah. But, um, Mike, we have Dawn from Marshfield calling in. Well, all right, let's go. Dawn, how how are you, and how can we help you? Good morning. Hi, Don. Uh, question for Jerry. Yes, sir. Could comment on the need for a professional trustee in a uh, revocable or irrevocable trust? Yes. Ooh, all right. Great question. Well, hopefully, you know, everybody has a trustee that they can choose, a, a son, a daughter, uh, a family member. Sometimes, right. n- sometimes that's neither, and you have to go outside to find a professional trustee. That can be, you know, that can be an attorney. That can be a CPA. I like somebody that's got a financial or, or at least a professional background where they have a license that they are accountable to somebody because they're the unknown. They're not a family member. There are also f- 
professional trustees. They're neither CPA nor, but they've, you know, they're, they're bonded, they're licensed uh, to serve as such, and uh, they will act as that trustee. And, and it's a tough role for them. They can, I, the ones I've, I've seen and encountered, they can be kind of difficult to deal with they're, they're, because they're protective of that money. I didn't know that, Jerry. What, what, are most of those folks retired attorneys, or how does that work? They can be retired attorneys. They can uh, some. Uh, one of them was a um, was a college professor, who their own mother um, had passed, and they served as a trustee. But the mother had some friends who had nobody. So this woman stepped in as a trustee just to be helpful. Well, it actually turned into a business. So she okay. went out and got bonded and, and yeah. whatnot. And now she represents multiple yeah. trusts as a trustee. Yeah, Don. Do you have a specific reason for asking that question, or a follow-up question so far? Yeah, I'm in a situation where we have a professional trustee, and um, my wife passed, and it was inherited her trust. And towards the end of her of her life, she wanted to get rid of it, and it didn't happen. So we ended up with a professional trustee, and I have have kids that are very competent. Um, having trouble getting rid of that professional trustee. Can you comment on that? Is that possible? Is there anything in the trust that would suggest that the uh, the duties of that trustee is uh, limited to the extent that the beneficiaries can make that change? You know, a collective vote by the beneficiaries should be able to make that adjustment. You get a majority? Uh, no, there isn't. So it, is it that simple that if the um, two other trustees... Um, they want to get rid of that professional. They can do that. Well, it's the beneficiaries After that the are fact, go- it's the beneficiaries, uh, Don, that are going to make that decision. So, if there's a majority vote among the beneficiaries to make a change, and you know, it, 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 this is a professional trustee situation. But what if you had a trustee that was a family member, but all of a sudden they start levels of incompetence, and they need to be changed and not the able other way, to do basically. it. Yeah. Uh, absolutely. Yeah. So they, you need to make that adjustment so the yeah. majority of the beneficiaries can vote together to make that change. Don, and one thing, we'll, we'll go on for as long as you'd like to talk to us, but um, I, I would suggest that after the show, uh, we're going to give out Jerry's phone number, and he promises he'll talk to you by phone and not charge you. But <laughs> this is sound like a pretty serious kind of a thingy, and Jerry might have some comments and some questions for you that you might feel more comfortable with off the air. So, so uh, you got a pencil there, Don? I, I have his number. I'll give. Have oh, okay. Him. Yeah, we I'll we can finish up after the show. Yeah, we can finish up on the air, sort of a thing. I don't want to rush you off, but it sounds like you might at least want to have a private conversation before you go on. But just, so, J- J- uh, Jerry, just for my benefit, so all if you can get the majority of the beneficiaries to agree, you can replace that. That's, That's correct, and really? that language should be within the trust on. And again, I'd be happy to look at that. Uh, By the way, if it's, no, if it's not in the trust, what does that mean? Well, if that's the case, you may end up having to go to uh, Superior Court and getting a judge's ruling on it. But it's still doable. It's still doable, right? Because sometimes okay. the trustee isn't serving the best interests of the trust, thus the beneficiaries. But what, what, if, what if that person was? I mean, are they, they stuck with that person? Even they, they if, they, if they're not doing anything wrong, yeah. and it's just that the family wants to get some money, um, then... A, you know that won't happen, but okay. the judge will. The judge will hear that case and make okay. a ruling. So, so Don's hope is that there are there's a provision in the trust that says that that's allowed. And is that a relatively standard piece of a, a, a document? It is. It's, yeah. it's usually language in there, so it's probably tucked in there somewhere. Don, I'd be happy to look at it for you. Great, and thanks. Hey, Don. Good luck with that. Okay. 
Thank you. Thank you. All right. Have a good day. All righty. I, I, I never thought about that. That's interesting. Okay, so there are professional trustees that you can, well, you know, that's, you know, you know, that's interesting. I mean, I, I can, I can support that. I mean, attorney, if your attorney's a trustee, that's one thing. If your financial advisor's another, if the accountant's a third, I mean, they can be all competent, but I, I can see professional trustees. And like that, that. that's a real yeah. role and it's yeah, a yeah. necessary yeah. role. Yeah, I can see that. Some people yeah. have nobody. I mean, yeah. the number yeah. of folks come in and say, look, I've got, I've got a lot of money. I've got a lot of assets, but I have no one yeah. to manage my my affairs. Are, are most of these folks just sole proprietors, or there are there companies that do this? There are there are sole proprietors, yeah. usually just okay. individuals, and you know they yeah. operate out of their home. Yeah, they're probably retired folks who had a great career and want to keep busy, and Correct. They, they're in one of those industries, right? Basically. And they're bonded. Yeah. They've got the yeah, insurance, yeah. and they're yeah. protected. So, okay. And I and I vet them out real strong. The ones that come in, um, yeah. they they constantly cool. approach, and I'm very careful, like you would be. Yeah. Um, they've yeah. got to they got to pass muster. Yeah, uh, your name's okay. attached to it. You're gonna be very careful. Okay, okay. Um, let's see. Where, where are we going from here? You want to touch on the the Medicaid stuff? I mean, or, or any of that? Well, or we, looking, given that we got nine minutes, we're probably yeah. the Medicaid might be too tough. Yeah. Okay. Um, I think that you know, looking, none of we want to make sure. That, I guess with all that we've spoken today, it's I think it's zeroed in mostly on the the older crowd. Yeah. Uh, the younger folks, uh, meaning you know the new parents. The, the, the up to it, you know, the 40-year-olds and even the 50-year-olds. Um, equally, they really should have these trusts. You made a good point. Uh, you know, the, the parents um, that, you know, they can't get together on who's going to be the custodian of the children and who's going to be the custodian of the money. Uh, that needs, that's really, it's a real deal. Yeah. Yeah. And you it, don't, it really is for it, everybody almost. It's isn't right. It? You don't yeah. want the you don't want those decisions to be made by the courts. You want to yeah. make it, and you want to make it so that you're choosing the right person and doing exactly what you want when you're not here. Yeah, my experience just talking about that is it's extremely rare where both the husband and wife and say, "Yep, it's him or her." There's always like two nominations, you know. There, there is. And yeah. Well, I like my sister better than your brother, and yeah. Uh, <laughs> You know, your sister's great with the kids, but she's horrible with money, so we're yeah, not going to yeah. give it to her. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, okay. Tough I, choices, huh? It, tough it, choices. it is tough, yeah. and that's what keeps yeah. people from doing it. Yeah. Okay. Um, okay. So it's really a, it's a great, it's it's something to really consider. And, um, you know, again, for the younger folks, the the uh, the 30-year-old husband that does a lot of traveling, you bet he should have the will, and he should have the power of attorney and a health care proxy. So his wife isn't stuck at home. Um, she needs to take care of that. And a spouse that passes away um, in, in a younger spouse as well as the older, um, they need to then step up and do some different things because remember, if if a husband passes away, um, the wife's policies all name the husband as the beneficiary because maybe the kids are younger. Yeah. Well, when the kids are still younger, the husband's gone, but the wife needs to make provisions because there's no husband left. So she should look at probably a trust that would name maybe her sister to be the trustee to accept all that money, life yeah. insurance, et cetera, okay. if she passes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's a ripple-down effect, but people need to really kind of step back and look at it. It's, it's morbid, kind of lousy to think about, but it is reality. Yeah, when you say estate planning, there's a whole bunch of moving pieces in that, right? I and mean, every every scenario is different. There's never yeah. one scenario that fits all. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I invite people to my office. Um, we'll sit. Um, I, I never charge for a consultation because I don't want the pressure of money to be what we're trying to accomplish. We need to talk about it, and I'll typically send them out with the ideas and invite them back 
for a second no-cost consultation uh, to come back with the answers that we spoke of. And it's a much more, uh, it's an easier process. It's a non-threatening way to get used to It truly is. Yeah, right. Because it's a lousy topic. And and even after we, you know, we do the documents, we put the paperwork together, um, my, just, you know, my office, the way I handle it is I do not um, charge for even those uh, appointments after the documents are prepared. And that's because I don't want, you know, you, you got a question and it's a pending issue. Um, don't make it about the, the cost. If you if you think you got to pay the legal bill, you're not going to come yeah. in and yeah. you're, you're not yeah. going to do your beneficiaries any, any favors. Yeah. So yeah. it works well for me that way and my clients appreciate it. Yeah, nice. Um, you got any beneficiary stories? Uh, we, we get real tender about that in our in our business here. So Yeah, we yeah. do. I actually, I actually had a, a um, uh, a younger husband, a wife, and the husband passed away. And obviously, the the husband did. He had some life insurance, a good amount. And they had a child. Um, the oldest child was going into his senior year in college, and the youngest daughter was going into her senior year in high school. I think it was. Well, lo and behold, you know, plenty of money there. Everything was all set, and the kids were going to college, and the youngest was on her way to think about college, and. The um, wife ended up having a massive heart attack shortly thereafter. But she had never taken care of any of the paperwork due to her own grief of losing her husband. So the son couldn't finish college because he couldn't get his hands on any of the money, the life insurance, plenty of money, couldn't touch it. The daughter couldn't even apply to college because she wasn't going to be able to go anywhere. The house that had a mortgage, which could have been paid off, couldn't be paid because nobody got any money. Went to foreclosure, tax title with the town. The town put their fingers in it. All that because, unfortunately, the mother just didn't get the opportunity to go to the next step to come in and say, okay, your husband's gone. We need to now make provisions for who's next up. And had a trust been created with a son maybe was the senior in college to be, uh, or an uncle or not, all that could have been avoided. The two kids could have went to college, saved the house, and but everything was gone. Kids yeah, lost wow. everything. So that's wow. a really kind of a sad story as far yeah. as beneficiaries yeah. are concerned. We, we, we find uh, in our practice, you'd be proud of us, we also try to review beneficiaries every head time we have a re- an annual review with our clients because like things change. You know, well, here's your, here's your IRA, here's your Roth IRA, you know, d- these beneficiaries, okay, anything changed. And every once in a while we'll have an oops or, oh, that's I'm right. sorry, but she, she passed away or something that's like right. that. That's right. Mike, so, that doesn't happen it, often. I'm glad yeah. to hear you say that. Yeah. Um, that it just doesn't. And that's unfortunate that they don't. And the well, other thing that yeah. the, a lot of the financial advisors, not to interrupt, is, yeah. um, you know, they get clients that are 78, 80 years old, and the financial, not you, other financial advisors don't explain to them that, you know, you probably should be looking at things like an irrevocable trust. Uh, everything is exposed, yeah. and they we, don't We know enough that. about the subject to direct them to an attorney like you. Correct. It's, it's and simple I, as that. Right, yeah. and yeah. I don't know enough about taxes, but I'm supposed to be smart enough to send them to a CPA <laughs> or to go. a qualified financial advisor like a, yourself. A smart person who knows what he doesn't know, exactly right? Exactly <laughs> right. Don't step in those waters. Yeah, what, oh, absolutely. Wow. Uh, yeah, the, the, you know, in our practice... 
You know, it's awful to say, but about 90% of the time, kids fight about money, and unless things were perfectly clear with regard to beneficiaries or a trust or two, and we've seen some trusts that ended up with some battles. You know, I can't say enough about making sure that you try to plan for these things early and review it, because bad stuff can happen. I'm I'm sorry, folks, but, you know, a a whole lot of the time, kids are going to fight about your money unless you have some discussion. Exactly right. And put it in writing. Yeah, yeah, okay. So, Jerry, maybe got a couple of minutes for like some uh, summary comments or words of wisdom, or you can sing or hum or whatever. <laughs> what, would you, what would you like to say? Go ahead. Well, you know what? You don't want to hear me sing because then you'll have no more audience. Um, my wife is probably sitting at home going, "Please don't let him sing." Oh, you know? oh she did she she can call in and give you a hard time. Yeah, well, we're right? gonna well, hope she doesn't have the phone in her hands. Okay, it okay. could be a tough day. Jerry, what's your favorite song? I'll cue it up. <laughs> <laughs> what what key? He's good, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. Um, you know really make sure that uh, folks know enough to hopefully listen to this conversation between you and I and and you know come up and at least sit down and talk and realize what you might need to do you really you know people just say well I'll put it off um, I'm not gonna worry about it now I will worry about it later late is the tough the tough time yeah it, it too late you're stuck yeah. uh, there's nowhere to move and anytime you have to start involving the court, because you didn't do things in advance, that's when it gets sticky. And it's costly. It's so unnecessarily costly, you got to pay lawyers and, and people forget about the court fees. Yeah, courts yeah, are pe- expensive to go yeah. to. It just doesn't. You don't walk in the door and they help you. you people got to pay money. Yeah, people unfortunately get motivated after the fact when it's too late. Basically, right? That's yeah. when the that's when the fire yeah. is the hottest. Yeah. And yeah. what what can you do? And sometimes yeah. you look at them and say, I'm limited. Yeah, but wow. had you been here before, we could have avoided a lot of things. So uh, I, I really think wow. the younger yeah. the younger crowd yeah. they really do need to um, look at this. You got young kids, yeah. you know. Think about that, you know, the, yeah. the healthcare proxy for yourself, and think yeah. about when you send your kids off to camp. Yeah, Those I try to uh, guilt young parents into you should go see an attorney for your kids, and that that's exactly a motivator, right. You know. Yeah, uh, Jerry, how about a phone number people can contact you? Please Thank you. Yes, yeah. my number in in Columbian Square in South Weymouth is seven eight one three three seven. 4,200. I'm behind the uh, South Shore Hospital. And again, I do meet uh, folks on complimentary consultations. You want to come up, sit down, it's casual, and we'll address all your questions. I don't rush you out the door. Like, Mike doesn't rush anything here. Um, and we'll give the same courtesies, and we're there to help and get, guide you through a rather difficult process. Well said. Jerry, uh, because this is TV, not TV, and we don't have a bouncing ball, <laughs> give out that number one more time. 781-337-4200. And, Michael, thank you for the opportunity. Oh, my pleasure. We'll do this again. You've been fun. And, by the way, folks, I just have one comment about all this stuff. Talk to your kids. Hey, Jerry, you have a great day. Thank okay? you, Mike. All right. Bye-bye. Thank you.